Welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark River, and with me again is Stanford Clark. Hey, how's it going? And today our guest is Ted Sowards. Hi. Uh, this podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry and the main topic discussing a TV series, film, or something else, whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion. If it's animated, it's up for discussion to geek out about. So this week, uh, we are doing episode 104. It's kind of a little bit of like a bonus episode because we're just going to be talking about um, our main topic this week uh, with our guest, Ted. And before we get into that, we're going to just quickly do our recommendations like we do uh, each episode. So I will let Stanford give his recommendation first. Hey, thanks, Mark. So and welcome, Ted. So glad you're on the on the show today. <laughs> Thank so you. I, uh, as I've talked before, am in celebration of the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company, I curated a list of 100 of my favorite Disney movies, and I'm in the process of watching this year. So, this week on this week's schedule for me is uh, the Rescuers, the feature from 1977. So I'm pretty stoked about that, and I also in a way have to defend it. Uh, most uh, people that I know really don't like that movie, and they rip on me for liking it. <laughs> but I'm st I'm staying true, to, you know, true to it because I uh, it's a favorite of mine. Do you, what do you guys think of the Rescuers? Are you uh, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, neutral. The original, I think. The original, it's, yeah. It was pretty fun. Like, I remember I saw Down Under first. Okay. And, me too. you know, I, as a little boy, it was aimed at me. Like, I sat there wide-eyed the whole time as he flew that eagle and stuff. And then going back to watch the original later, it was like, oh, this is really dark. <laughs> but I, I still enjoy yeah, it. Like, it's dark. And I think that's why, you know, most people I know don't really care for it. I I like it. Uh, but I remember the first one's also infamous for some some other stuff in it uh, that that you that you probably talk about very very qu quickly in in your episode of movies past and present. Uh. <laughs> if you if you know if you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like like Ted said, I I think I came across uh, Down Under first for whatever reason. I think. I think it was probably just because uh, that like Down Under came out in like the the late eighties, yeah, and then ninety, yeah. So yeah, and then Rescuers was nineteen seventy seven. So that's probably why, just because. And at least as far as I like, I remember up until that point, that was like one of like the only uh, Disney uh, like of like the feature canon that actually got like a sequel released. Yeah. Two it was up point. until what? Wreck It Ralph. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, because all the other ones were like the you know the the early two thousands like straight to DVD generation of Bambi well, two, Cinderella Bambi two, three, Cinderella three, directed three, to yeah. video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the cheap goals. Like with Rescuers Down Under, like I didn't know anything about like box office numbers back then and i thought it was the most amazing movie at the time i think i was i guess i would have been eight or nine and um yeah i loved it it was everything a little boy wanted yeah yeah i think that's also like when like australia was like big like in movies at the point too because crocodile dundee was like super uh popular like around that same time too so i think everyone is like capitalizing like oh the Australian accent. 
let's let's put that in everything and capitalize on yeah. Australia. <laughs> which, which, kind of... which with that, so I lived a couple of years in Australia. And when I came back, I started watching a whole bunch of Australian movies. And that was one of them that I was disappointed. There's not a lot of Australian accents in Rescuers <laughs> Down Under. Yeah, isn't it like one actor? <laughs> like, right. Yeah, which I guess makes sense because it's like the little boy doesn't. Yeah, the mom he... doesn't. The bad guy doesn't. The bad, yeah, George <laughs> Scott is using an Australian accent. That's a really good point. Really good point, Ted. So my my recommendation this week uh, it's not live action, but it's not not animated because with. With a lot of movies, there's lots of visual effects uh, nowadays. So my recommendation this week was for uh, the volume three of Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, which has plenty of visual effects in it. I mean, Rocket is an animated character, basically. Uh, so I that's going to be my recommendation this week. I've already, I went and saw it uh, on Friday in Dolby, and then I just uh, saw it with my wife and my son in IMAX 3D. Nice. Plenty of tears were shed both times watching it. Uh, no spoilers, but I'm just going to say that it is a a very emotional. Yeah, it's uh, emotional. Okay. I saw uh, it in IMAX, not in 3D, but um, anyway, liked it a lot. Yeah. Have you this have week, you seen it too? I, I haven't. Um, this week I work at a college, and this is finals and graduation weeks, okay. and I will not be able to have any time this week. So probably a week and a half at the minimal. Well, I I will put good vibes out into the universe that you do not come across any spoilers online between uh, now and when you're able to to watch it. I will stay off Reddit. But you but you won't get, you won't get any spoilers, <laughs> yeah. spoilers for me other than that I enjoyed it. That, that's the spoiler. <laughs> that's good to know. But yeah, uh, and then. Do you have anything that you wanted to plug at all this week, Ted, before we get into the main topic? I'm trying to think about recently what I saw, like, um, I saw the Mario movie recently. That took a, that took a little while. Um, Chris yeah, well, I, I got used to Chris Pat's voice, but I did love how they did stick on the, the uh, oh, what's his name? The voice of Mario in the games is a little cameo and stuff and. I can't remember his name either, but yeah, that was fun. It was a, it was a little vocal cameo. Yeah, <laughs> Martino, Martin is his last name. Why can't I think of it right now? Anyway, that one was fun. Yeah. Uh, 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 Charles, uh, yeah, Charles Martinet. There it is. I wanted to nice. make sure we said it before we got onto it. But yeah. So this week, our our main topic is the Spirited Away live on stage. Um, it was done as like part of the Ghibli Fest, uh, like like with the Fathom events uh, recently. Uh, and now, did you guys did you see? I believe it, it was only available to see in the like the original Japanese language with subtitles. Correct? Yeah. Okay. If I'm yeah. not mistaken, it was yeah Japanese only with English English subtitles, but they had two different productions of it. I mean, right. they had two different. Uh, actresses Cast? that played Chihiro. Really? Uh, yeah. So I don't. I can't remember which one I saw. But I. Oh, but yeah, I, oh yeah. Depending on like what night you saw. What it, night you went? Yeah, they had different. Song. They it's kind of, kind of split them in half. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know the poster had both of them on it, like 
one in the spirit world and one just, you know, before. I don't know if they had any other changes to the cast, but for sure, uh, Chihiro was played by two different uh, women, depending on what night you went or what, you know, what day you went. I saw it on May 2nd. So, uh, when did I? Maybe it's it's documented somewhere. I saw it on May 2nd as well. Okay. And my, the Chihiro that I saw, she was so good. I felt, her her facial structure even i thought nailed the the cartoon character oh yeah yeah i thought that yeah i saw it on april 27th uh so yeah i thought what the other thing too i looked up with because i gone to see a few co-workers was after is that a lot of the actors in the stage plays uh, stage play are also uh voice actors for a lot of like bigger anime uh like TV series, TV series and like films, which what I thought was pretty interesting. Now at the end of it, before we get into like talking about the main topic, but like when they, when they show the, the cast, you want to come out like for the curtain call at the end, uh, but when no face, like when she, the woman that's playing no face in the, the play takes off, I guess no face mask. She, she did like this, like super sassy, like, like she took it off. And yes. She, like, so, <laughs> and did some like superhero pose or something. You yeah, know I mean? which she did. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming she was like an acrobat or a contortionist or something because she had to be at least with like what they had like no face doing at some points, like within the play. Like there was a thing that freaked me out. When like, which, did. yeah, what did you guys think about that? Where it, she was constantly like, I, I was like, the animated version doesn't do that. Like, <laughs> she was constantly dancing and break yeah. dancing. Like, she was yeah. in a lot of weird movements. Yeah. Like yeah. fast, I was like, no face isn't fast when, before he eats people. Yeah, uh, so like that. I guess we can talk about that first. Is like some of the things that were in here that aren't necessarily like in the anime itself, because uh, there's there's some stuff in here that's uh, I feel like they kind of added to just for the the stage play. Like uh, what, Mark? Because I thought that they stayed almost too true to the movie. Well, it was uh, very. There yeah. was they added like those two like kind of musical sequences that I don't remember. Oh yeah, there's like some yeah. yeah some dancing. Yeah, there were like three musical numbers. I was, I thought okay, it's a musical, but yeah, then good point. there wasn't enough. I thought there'd be like six or seven if it was a full musical. Yeah, uh, and it looks like okay. Yeah, in the trailer they said April twenty third was kind of Hashimoto as. So that must have been the one that, or no, I saw the twenty second. Yeah, uh, that's not the. That's, that's not, not the girl one. I saw. Okay, yeah, same. So yeah. I don't think that's what I, I saw either. Saw on the same day. I think we all saw the same one then, because that's she wasn't in the version I saw either. So we must have all saw the same, same actress playing. And player. I know they added dates. I think even after the trailer came out, if I'm not oh, mistaken, yeah. there was like gonna be two nights, and then they turned it. Then it was like they made it into four. Yeah. Because it must have been selling well enough for the the tickets. It's but, it's sold out here in Salt Lake. I mean, I lucked out because I bought my ticket late. Because often these you know these G kids, there's like maybe the theater's half full at least here in Utah, and it was everything was sold out, which which, which I thought was cool, you know. And I, yeah, I was, yeah. Anyway, I was just grateful I found a place that I could get one ticket. <laughs> yeah. Now there was some stuff that I thought they did really cool in here too. There's like a like a lot of sleight of hand, like almost mm-hmm. like on stage magic. Like, I think it just showed if people are watching the video of this rather than just listening to the audio episode, there's this like shot where 
she throws the the rope like she's lassoing the rope around and then throws it but you don't like see her physically throw it from the top of the stage to like the bottom of the stage but then you see it like land and everyone catches it and there's like some other stuff like later on there's like this like slider hand where someone like makes them disappear out of their hand and then it shows back up later on which i i thought it was cool they incorporated some just kind of like close-up like stage magic to kind of add add to the story in this too and i liked that kind of additional production value to it because of that uh was there i guess like as we're getting into was there anything that kind of stood out the most to you like within the stage play version that now you guys said that it it stood stuck uh, very faithfully to the the anime was there any anything positively like with that 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 you really enjoyed whether it like came from like the I guess like the production design or costume design or like the characters or like the puppets. Uh, What did you think about like that went to the detail of like with all of that into the show? Ted and then Stanford. I, okay. First I did. I loved like every moment watching it. I was like, Oh, that's how they would do that. Oh, that's how they would do that. And like, there's several things that like, like I want to turn Pete's dragon into a stage play. And so I think about, all the ways to do that. And so seeing this was pretty cool to, to get my juices flowing for other things. Um, and so what, the fact that they did stay so close to the movie really astounded me. Like nothing was cut that I could tell. Like nothing was added, but yeah. yeah like, other than the, like the musical sequence. Those, those, you yeah. know, those kind of brave, yeah. Dancey things, whatever was going on. Yeah. How about or you? Even, okay. Yeah, oh, after yeah, you Ted. yeah, please. No, please, after you. Oh, like uh, there were things like even like the the little bird that she turns the, oh, the yeah. crow into a little bird, and how close it was, like with the bug eyes and the big beak. I was like, that's the movie. Like I am watching the movie on stage. There were several things that you know where they to transfer like the big baby into oh, yeah. the little fly <laughs> where they just kind of like go back to back and flip. That you're like, okay, it's a stage version. They, they do what they have to do. But you're very forgiving of that kind of stuff. Right. How about you, Stanford? So, you know, I still, I guess in a lot of ways, I'm processing my uh, opinion on it. Because in some way, I thought it was really cool that they, st- they stayed true to the animated film. But then I also was thinking, you know... It, if I want to watch Spirited Away, I'll watch Spirited Away uh, rather than, you know, this inter- other interpretation of it, which is basically the same thing. Uh, for, you know, just a case in point, uh, we've got Disney's The Lion King from, you know, the animated film came out in 1994, right? And then, uh, then, the, then the stage play oh, yeah. of The Lion King is really a different experience, you know? Yeah, so it's it the Lion King, but it's kind of transcendent, you know, in, in, in its own way. I, I mean, I really, I mean, I love both. And I really like that with the stage play, they chose to use the live theater in a really unique way, rather than just like, let's do it, you know, just kind of make it exact same thing. Like, the you know hideous CGI version of at least I think it's hideous because 
they did the it. Lion you know, King one. The Lion King, the shot yeah. for shot, you know, CGI remake of the Lion King. Like, why did we need that movie? I mean, nature's beautiful, and they made the nature look beautiful, but these just dead faced animals, you know, and then ah, Beyonce, soulless. you know. I mean, anyway, I, I thought that you know, so that's what was going through through my mind. So sorry, long answer to your question, but while I appreciated that they stayed true to the movie. To me, it didn't bring anything new or interesting about it, other than just like, just I mean, like you brought up well, Ted, that the staging was cool. You know, like they just some really, they did some really cool interpretations of stuff that's in the movie, but it was still like identical to the movie. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. That's I guess I'm probably I just can't be pleased on this one. <laughs> there was something I really liked at the, the opening of it with with her in the car with her parents. Uh, with how they use like the projection on the wall there, that was clever. Yeah, that was cool. I haven't been able to see it myself in person, but I've like seen some videos of them like promoting like the it coming to Broadway and the touring for the Back to the Future musical. Oh yeah, uh, where they they do something similar in that with like showing like the DeLorean like getting up to eighty eight miles per hour and like going through time. They use that same kind of like projection to use like a like showing movement and so I, I like. They like these technological advancements that are being used on like musicals and stage plays to kind of make it a little bit more immersive. But still, it's still a stage play or a musical, so it's still that its own thing that way. But I like how they're able to incorporate like like new technologies into this kind of stuff. So I liked that. Uh, I did like how kind of like low tech that, that was though too, where it was like basically they were like sitting on like these cushions and that I don't even I think I think. The dad might have might have been holding a steering he wheel. He was holding a yeah, steering he wheel. He was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're just like holding a steering wheel, and they're like you. You have to like pretend like they're that they're in the car, passing <laughs> stuff. So I, I, I like, I liked some of that stuff where like you did have to like use your imagination or just kind of like remember what it looked like in yeah. in the movie there. Uh, and we had said it earlier, but so it looks like some of some of the cast does remain the same in both of the showings, uh, but there is. Some of the characters are different between both casts. So, like, uh, Chihiro is is different than uh, cast one, cast two. Haku is different. Uh, Ibaba and Zaniba are different. No Face is different. Uh, and then... Actually, yeah, so it looks like almost everybody is. Lin, Chihiro's uh, mother, uh, Kamaji... Those are all different, and then everybody else is the the same, I guess, between the the rest of the cast there. Uh, but like some of the other stuff, I thought like they did they did this with one of the like the I don't remember what his name the character's name is, but the dude that's got all the like arms. Do you remember what his name is? Hey, you just said it was Kum um, Kumaji. Kumaji. Okay. Yeah, he did like he did like the like the the hand heart thing at one point but with like all of his hands i like i thought that was kind of funny um but then i liked how they puppet puppeted that though too with like all the different people doing that with his hands throughout that and i did like how faithful like some of like the uh, like makeup and and whatnot was to the characters in it yeah uh, yeah i mean it was impressive i thought that yeah the puppets and all that the costumes looked great i I think you brought up the the baby transition, Ted. Too, yeah. that was the, 
the only thing I laughed at, I wasn't sure if you were supposed to laugh at that or not. <laughs> laugh. Yeah, because I was wondering too how they were going to do the baby. If anything, that was maybe the least successful. Yeah, because it just kind of looked like one of those like, sumo wrestler like costumes that you can get for like a, a party. And, yeah. Like, like usually, like like how like uh, boxers like wear like those like the cushioned like uh, yes helmets. Uh, when they're like sparring and stuff, that's what, what it kind of looked like. The top part of the mask was for the the actress that was playing that character. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Um, but and this was like you guys said, it was very faithful to the the anime. It was like th- it was three hours long. I think it too. was three hours long. Yeah, and like they even show like in it when you're watching it, like where they would have cut to intermission. If you were there for the stage play, and then it comes back from the, I was like, oh, is there gonna actually be? I was praying for an intermission. An intermission. I was too. I like, needed please. to. <laughs> yeah, to go to use the bathroom. Yeah, I had to leave at one point and go use use the bathroom. But I mean, I was like, I've seen, I've seen the I've seen the movie. I know what happens right here. Um, I like your saying though too. I for other stuff, I liked how uh, what they did again for like how they showed movement like across spaces uh like when chihiro is like climbing up the building and they have someone pushing the like the whatever part of the building she's on so that and she kind of like fakes that she's still climbing when she's (laughs) at the top at one point yeah Um, but i liked how they did that and like with like the uh, like the beam that she's supposed to go across and how they had like that like move and fall away as she jumped across those so I I did appreciate like how inventive they got with how they were doing stuff like that in here too. And like you said, Stanford with um, how Lion King has had its own like Broadway version of that. That this is like another conversation that I had with uh, my coworkers as I came out of it was between like Disney putting Hamilton on Disney Plus. I think Netflix has like the SpongeBob or not SpongeBob the Shrek musical on Netflix and then this will probably show up on HBO max sans the word HBO. Yeah. Cause it feels weird just to call it max. Just call it max. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I, I wish they would do this more often actually is like to film, like film a, a stage play or musical, like with its first run cast at some point during its run, whether it's just like a, a show that was done specifically to be filmed so that people that might not ever get a chance to go see it wherever it's playing, whether it's Broadway or in the UK or on the West End or wherever it may be. Uh, or if you did see it and you just really liked it and you want to be able to watch it again at some point, that, that that's like two other points of revenue. of peop- They can sell it to people that aren't ever going to be able to go see it live. And then they can also sell it to the people that already saw it live and liked it so much that they want to keep it, whether it's digital or physical. But I, I just wish that they did that more often. Plus, it's another way to just kind of like artifact the the show, so you have like a, like a a copy of that performance of that original cast, so you can have that to, as a point of reference to go back to. So I, that's just something that I would like because I know like I eventually would like to see like back to the future musical that's going to be going around and i i've never seen the the, like the lion king musical or the aladdin one or frozen or anything i'd I'd love to see 
like all these, and I don't know if I'm ever going to see any of them. So, Lion King, I like Lion King better than Wicked. Like to me, Lion King is top. The artistic value, the yeah. music that they've added, like everything, I I love it a lot. Yeah, it's would, really great. I mean, would you guys like grab stuff like that too if they they made it available, or if it was like on Disney Plus too, like so that you could watch the Lion oh, King? For sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wish they would. And there's even like so in London, there's a Totoro play right now. Oh yeah, I read about that, Ted. Yes. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to make it to London. I hope yeah. they make. I hope they do one of these. For oh yeah. It. Yeah. That's that was the other thing too is that when I came out of this, I was wondering like what other Studio Ghibli films they could do stage play versions of. Like you could. I almost think that it, it might be easier to do maybe like the wind rises because it's not mm-hmm. as a, I guess like as fantastical of a story, um, and it's it might be a little bit easier to do because they did some good stuff with uh, forced perspective in this with Haku too with like where it had like a smaller uh, version of the puppet. the puppet when he was like supposed to be farther away, and then they had the bigger one when he was supposed to be closer up. Uh, so they could do like the same kind of thing, I guess, with like airplanes and that, or they use like the the projection behind them to do stuff like that too. So I don't, I like even the Kiki's delivery service. They could probably do. They could also use that with like a screen too, because you just have the performer like sitting on something and then have like the screen moving behind it, so it looks like she's like flying through the air with that. But I, I think there's a, a bunch of there's probably some that they definitely could not do, like Howl's Moving Castle. I don't think that's that's when you can't do a stage play of i don't think well i didn't think they could do this one yeah <laughs> and, they, and you know they they did in a way you know those musical numbers that they had sometimes throughout the three hours i was wishing for more that maybe they had turned it into a musical you know that they oh, had because yeah. again that might have again made it something a little more unique you know than right than just a real straight retelling of of the film that's true now, was there was there any scenes in, in particular that you guys liked from the film that they were able to recreate within the, the stage play version? One of the one of the scenes that I thought was really uh, beautiful was when uh, Chihiro's on the train with No Face, and again that was heavy with projections, but. Uh, I worked. I just thought it was it, it was it just looked great and it was it was really beautiful and again really felt like you were in the film to me. And it's pretty simple, you know, uh just cuz again it was just that kind of background of the train and then and then the projection. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was just like a almost like a straight shot for shot kind of like and I thought that was done really well too. And they, I mean, things, yeah, I sat there the whole time like, okay, how are they going to do this? Where, you know, where Chihiro's like, I, I'm transparent and how they just like threw a transparent but reflective sheet over her. And even they had like the stagehand like shadowing her everywhere she went so that oh, they yeah. could like pull it off when it was time. You know, there were just so many things. I was like, oh, they pulled that off. Oh, Sorry for that. Literally, <laughs> literally, literally, and figuratively. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. The, like the bath the, scene. Oh, yes. go, go first. Oh, I was just bath scene. Yeah, I thought that was very well done with like trying to depict water without like having a crap ton of water on stage. Uh, whereas like usually when you you'd see like singing in the rain performed on stage, that you'd see how wet the the stage gets from them doing the the rain on there. But I liked. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was dry ice. It might have been dry ice, like piped in, like yeah, through something. Was it just some kind of like a fog machine or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I thought that was that was done very well. Like I liked that a lot, and yeah, I liked the great. with like the paper, uh, like airplane, the paper bird, like even how well executed that was with like pulling it through that little slat of the door. Yes, at the top. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm, how many times did they have to practice that, like to make sure, or it, it, I mean, maybe it's far enough away where it, it's big enough for them, like when they're next to it, to be able to push that through without like, oops, I accidentally hit the side and that didn't make it perfectly through on my first try. But can I just you like imagine? how that was done. Can you imagine being on the team, sitting there being like, okay, how can we do that? Yeah. You know, where someone was probably sitting there be like, no, we have to have the paper slide through. And they're like, okay, well, what do we do? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that one actually seems easy, but like, <laughs> no, but but I hear you. Yeah. How do we make Chihiro, not Chihiro, um, Haku turn into the dragon? And, you know, that yeah. would be fun. Yeah. There was the, the other thing I liked in there too was uh, with the, um, Yubaba's face, like in the in the one I don't remember what scene it was, but there's there's like the one scene where like they made made like her face like it isn't at one point in the film, but like where they made her face like huge, like out of all those different pieces. And then that was kind of like horrific though too, because then it like just all breaks apart as like as like she actually like comes out of like the room behind it. So it was like a weird thing where like she had a huge face and then her face like blew apart um but I, I liked how they did that to kind of like represent like the huge yeah when she turns giant yeah uh i kind of wish that they did something like that more with the baby you know like you just see like giant legs from the top of the presidium or something right. <laughs> rather than <laughs> rather than the, the sumo wrestler suit <laughs> yeah. but, you know i did like when they changed it to like the it's supposed to be like a little it looks like a hippo i don't remember what, what is the animal supposed to be the, though? the baby? I, yeah, it gets. It's like a mini hippo. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I liked the translation of those. Where it basically just looks like a, like if someone wanted a stuffed animal version of like the bird and the hippo, like the little mini hippo from the movie. That's what those look like. Yeah. I thought so. I thought that was a good like one for one kind of translation of that. Uh, but there's the Wikipedia page says that. It tur- it's an adorable little mouse. Oh, okay. okay. It's a hi- hippo mouse. The hippo mouse, yeah. The, hi- yeah. the hippo-looking mouse. <laughs> I, I, I was wondering if they were selling that at, at, you know, at the merch store outside in the lobby. You know, <laughs> that little... <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. It's, it's cute. It's kind of classic, you know, little Studio Ghibli. Cute thing. Now, now because G-Kids was, has been like promoting this, too, I wonder if like this will... Uh, because they've they've put like right now they've put a lot of Studio Ghibli's films like out on Blu-ray over the past few years. Like Disney had had the the rights to them for a while, and I had all the all the movies 
the Disney versions. And then I remember for the longest time, because G kids didn't have the rights to the wind rises yet. So I had, I had like all the, like the G kids, like black spines with like the, the art from whatever film along it. And then the Disney slipcover for the wind rises with like the blue and gold. So it just like st- stood out like a sore thumb throughout like the rest of the, the Ghibli collection. I was like, I can't wait until wind rises gets put up, put in there so that it, then it all looks nice next to each other. But I'm, I'm assuming they'll put this out on a Blu-ray be- just because of how heavily they pushed this one out. Um, and they've even put like the, like the recent uh, documentary that was about Hamazaki out on there as well. The, the recent uh, like TV series that they had done uh, G kids put out as well too. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if like later this year there's a like a Blu-ray like physical copy release of this too, and that it'll probably like we were saying probably hit HBO Max sans the word HBO. But I wouldn't be I definitely wouldn't be like surprised if we got that. Now the. The other things that, like you were saying, that how it was like very close to the the film. I guess there was a, a few things that were slightly, at least one thing was slightly different. At least besides like the musical stuff was that, unlike in the film where the her parents seem to lose their memories after being turned into pigs, um, in the the play they're briefly depicted as still being sentient. Uh, like her father, like even audibly asks her in his pig form where she has been when she discovers them and calls out for her as they are herded away. So I thought that was kind of interesting, like a a slight little change that they did there with that. Uh, Did you guys notice anything else as far as like stuff like that in the, in the stage play that you you thought might've been like slightly different from the animated version as far as like story-wise? I don't know how much it changed, but I like that after the river spirit leaves and how much they danced and partied and even watching Chihiro's face, how happy she was. I I really enjoyed that. And I was like, do they dance after, after the river spirit leaves in the movie? I don't remember that, but yeah. That that whole scene too, like that was I thought that was really well done on the stage too, with like the transition from the the costume of like you know, like the really gross kind of like like stink sludge, spirit stink spirit uh into the was it was, you said it was the but the river god there yeah. was, and like the movement that they did, like the the puppetry with that, like moving it around on stage. Like at one point it looks like it like goes like way off and like comes back in. And it seems like seamlessly like that it's like flying around because you can see someone's holding at one point, but then it seems like it goes from that to being like on like a track that it's moving by itself. So I don't, I, I, I liked how they were able to get very creative with how they translated some of the stuff from a very one of, I think like one of the most um, kind of, magical mystical studio ghibli films to be like a live action stage play so uh, the the other thing that was kind of like freaked me out and i thought was 
kind of slightly gross was like the huge mouth that they did for no face too yeah at like one point. the people going in the mouth <laughs> yeah. yeah that that was interesting yeah and then even when they would come out how they were just they just quickly pulled a sheet off of them and they'd be like ah and yeah yeah i thought yes it worked it worked yeah it did demonstrate you know it showed it right <laughs> visually <laughs> yeah and so and then with this this was the the play that i guess it ran uh from so it was premiered in tokyo in february of last year and then it, it only ran for like about a month because it ran from like the end of february through to march 29th last year which is kind of interesting that i guess that that they only did it for that that very like limited time and then later that year, from November 11th to December 18th of last year, it played at the Imperial Theater. Um, so it's it's interesting, like how it had like such kind of like a short run and like its actual stage play for like people to be able to see it in Japan. Uh, so maybe that's another reason why they had filmed it like this too, because if they knew it was going to have such a short kind of life on. On the actual stage, they wanted it to have like a longer life afterwards. This way, for people to be able to experience it, and like it looked expensive. I know, like I say, to, to only to only run a month seems crazy. Yeah, because yeah, that just the the sets alone were impressive, you know. And I'm sure they cost yeah. a fortune. And then a huge ensemble, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah wow. I, I still feel sorry for the dude that was uh, essentially in kind of like the sumo. Um, I don't want to call it a diaper because I know it's not a diaper, but the sumo, like the sumo wrappings, where he's essentially like ninety-five percent naked on stage the the entire show. And I was like, I I feel, I mean, good for that dude for <laughs> being comfortable <laughs> enough with himself to <laughs> to be, do that. Yeah, to be on stage that long and like that little amount of and there's that other dude that's like all painted green and he's got the three heads on him that's also pretty much the same amount of clothes the entire time, but he's also painted green. So good on those dudes for for being comfortable enough to be on stage for a whole month, uh pretty much just walking around as is <laughs> very little laundry to do acting yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> the costume people <laughs> now like that easy before before we wrap up was there anything that you guys uh found like was there like a specific scene that that you liked the the most within the stage play version of, like I think Stanford, you said it was it was probably like the, the train scene that was like a good kind of one for one translation from the the anime film to the the stage play with like how that looked. Um, was there anything else that kind of stood out to you that that you liked the most within this version of it? Well, I gotta tell you, and I kind of hesitate to bring it up, but so uh, I guess Mark, I'm saying it's really no. And part of the problem was for me is that the the theater I saw this in again it was packed, and I was sitting. I guess I was sitting actually kind of in the middle. I had a pretty good seat, but they had turned up the sound 
in that auditorium too. Oh, mine you know, too. Spinal Tap 11. And uh, it was torture because, uh, you know, again, I'm trying to process the visuals and, and, I, and I enjoyed it. But one of the reasons I wanted intermission is I wanted just to like get out of the theater for a minute so I could hear because it was just like having people. I mean, people, I mean, the actors are projecting a lot. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no fault because the acting was great, I thought. Even though, of course, I, I don't speak Japanese, I didn't understand the language. But it was people in a foreign language screaming at me full voice for three hours. And so by the time it was over, it's like, get me out of here. Like, I can't, I just can't. That's why I was joking about PTSD when, when, uh, you know, we were looking at the trailer kind of before we started recording. It was just like, nightmare, you know, <laughs> people screaming. Did you see it? Did you see it at a AMC? No, was it a Cinemark? Okay, because I was gonna say, I wonder if that was like an AMC thing where they just like pumped the, because it was Man. super loud at mine too. It was so loud, and I was it loud I loved it when it was the, when they were playing the music because I, you know, I love that Joe Shaishi music a lot, and so yeah. the soundtrack was great. But then the screaming actors, oh my goodness, that was that re I, that really affected my enjoyment of it because uh, I guess like, I can't wait for it to be over because number one it was like, well, I know. And, you know they're doing this exact movie you know the exact animated film so uh, nothing necessarily new to see other than just to kind of marvel at the how they're you know how they were recreating it but oh my gosh it was it was it was torture really pure torture that is mine i don't remember mine being so loud but there was um like one point i and maybe the movie does this but when she goes and expects inspects the pigs they're like, which one's your mom? I remember in that movie that she stays far away and is just like, none of them. But I liked how in the play she like walked up and like yeah, looked I'll, at each one. I like that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so in the movie she does stay far away. No, I think she does stay far away. I don't remember her, yeah. or as Mark was saying, that they don't respond, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, because like here, like they, they the parents still recognize her in here because like i think like at least in the movie it's supposed to be like inferred almost that like they don't like it, it can be almost like a wizard of oz type thing where like did this actually happen to her did it not actually happen to her but then like there's clues that it did because of like like yeah and then like how dusty and mm -hmm. the car and everything is like how long were they in there for yeah so, which i always think is at least interesting at the end of the movie and then i guess at the end of the play too i was like because they were they were like on the way to like their new house i was like so if it's if like the car is that dusty and like all like grown over and stuff like, how long have they been in there and do they still have the house they yeah did the real yeah. just make well i guess we'll saw something else well I do like movies that do take a lot of time. It seems like every movie nowadays is just like one day. Like like the age of Ultron should have been called the weekend of Ultron. Okay. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, there's a lot of condensed time period, like timelines within a lot of more recent like films and stuff. Was the with what I'd asked him for, is there anything that stood out to you scene wise that you liked the translation of from uh, animated to stage, Ted? You know, again, I, 
just I thought they did a really effective job. I, I, I like the scene where, uh, you know, she's flying with Haku. I thought that was, and it has to have the big long kind of Chinese dragon puppet thing going on, and and then she, the actual cleverly changed sides, you oh, know, yeah. uh, as they that were was moving around the stage. I thought how they were holding her and making sure that you didn't see the other side of the dragon as yeah. it turned. I was like, that's that takes some uh, some strength with whoever was like carrying her to make sure. All right, I, I really I, I was impressed with that. How when, you when you guys watch the movie, did you watch it in Japanese or did you watch it in English? I've seen it both. Yeah, I've seen both I, ways. I had only seen it in English. I don't really like reading movies. It's not my favorite. But um, there was twice where it was, there was no dialogue, like they're sitting on the train or or they're they're doing something and when they would start talking again and it was in japanese i'd be like oh oh yeah i forgot (laughs) 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 but even i was doing research and now i worry that um the voice or yubaba the voice actress from the original japanese movie reprised her role in this as yubaba but now i worry if the version i saw wasn't that actress her name is I had the tab open. I don't, I'm not even going to attempt it. Mari Natsuki. And uh, yeah, she's the original voice actress for Yubaba and she reprised her role. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah, because I think some. Yeah. Cause, and when I was looking them up too, I saw just like it. All of the, the actors that are in this have done like voice work for. Um, just like various anime series, whether it's like My Hero Academia or like Appleseed Ex Machina or like some some other like series and films like that. So I thought it was interesting, like that seemingly the entire cast, like main cast of this was also uh, like anime voice actors that basically made the, I mean, an actor is an actor. So like whether it's voice acting or stage acting or on-screen acting um i thought that was cool how they made the transition from doing just the voice to then doing the the stage version of the character too so i I really uh thought that was cool that a a lot of them either like reprised their roles or um they were already so prominent with like in the voice acting uh world that they continued with doing film too uh so i think Unless you guys had anything else to say on the stage play, uh, that'll do it for us for this episode, this bonus episode of Animation Fascination, talking about uh, Studio Ghibli's Spirited Away live on stage. Uh, maybe we'll do another one in the future if they if they do release the uh, Totoro uh, stage version that, that's been playing in England, if they put that out. Uh, or if the kids. three of us go on a trip, we can yeah, right. I'll go, exactly. I'll go to I'll go to the UK. <laughs> go, go see. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So that's gonna do it for this episode. Uh, now, don't forget you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at uh, Mark Vibbert. So if you're watching, you can see my name on screen. So it's M A R C V I B B R T. And you find Stanford at Stanford Clark on Twitter as well. Uh, and then where can they find you, Ted? 
Um, if you want to look up my, my YouTube channel, if you just type in tedsowards.com, it takes you right to my YouTube channel. And my Twitter, oh, dang, I'm not logged into that one. Oh, I think I'm at, at Ted Sowards. And, and I'll put a, a link to your, your channel at the, the end of this video, too. So that it'll, it'll be easy for people to just like, get straight to you from there. Awesome. Yeah, and it looks like, great. yeah, you're just at Ted here on Twitter. Okay, that is on Twitter. Ted here. Yeah, yeah so that's yours there. Uh, and then you can also find the show on Facebook and Instagram by looking for Animation Fascination. And then on Twitter, we're Animated Podcast. Uh, you can email us at animationfascinationpodcast at gmail.com and visit our site with all of our episodes and uh, everything else we've ever posted over there at animationfascination.net. There's links for merch and stuff too, uh, like shirts and whatever. Uh, and then Trent Factor edits our episodes. Uh, and then also, uh, Ted is going to be joining us. If you are going to be coming to uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion on June, Saturday, June 3rd at noon here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Ted will be joining us for that, that panel as well, too. Um, so we look forward to that. Uh, but for myself, I'm Mark Bibbert, uh, Stanford Clark, and our guest, Ted. Thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in again next time, guys. Thank you.